Listening to CBJRadio.com yet? It's a free internet radio station, brand new shows every day. Shows range from hip hop to rock to all independent artist shows, plus a Friday night request show. And don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Now make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. Hello, friends. You know, it's me, Justin Flasker, DJ Rude. Rude, however you may call me. Today is the best of show. It's a clip show of all the episodes we did in season one. Because season two, it starts next week. So let's get to those clips. I've drugged my husband to a few trainings I think the one that made him the most uncomfortable was it was in a BDSM dungeon. Okay. So um, it, yeah. it was just interesting because I, well, I don't know that it made him uncomfortable. He just found it interesting. Yeah. Well, as like, as myself, when you don't uh, experience pleasure from pain at all, like those, those situations, it is an interesting situation. It is. You're like, Wow. But, you know, you try, I try to wrap my mind around like, okay, this person's, this makes them feel good. And this makes them great. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. So I'm like, please, please be nicer to that person. (laughs) Don't hurt him anymore. Football was easy in high school. I just loved basketball. And I I was really, I was getting recruited for both, but I I wanted to play both. Um, It was a tough decision. And Nobody was going to let me play both. So um, Gavilan uh, Community College, um, which is in Gilroy, California, um, they were ranked one of the best junior colleges in the nation. And I couldn't get anybody to let me play both. You know, San Jose State wanted me to play football. Um, uh, there was like Pepperdine wanted me to play basketball. Loyola wanted me to play basketball. There were schools that wanted me to play basketball and there were schools that wanted me to play football, but nobody's going to let me play both. So I was like, screw all you guys. I'm going to go to junior college and play both. Yeah. I had like all these big, big plans of what I was going to like wind up doing. Like what I really wanted to do was go to art school. Um, but like no money to do that. And, like no scholarships to do that either. So I went to, I went to UW begrudgingly. Um, and then I went to UW again, I went to UW again. So I, I have a, an art degree, I have like a criminal justice degree and I have a master's in public administration. It's like I never really knew what I wanted to do. So I just kind of kept going. Oh yeah. That was there and you know, why not, right? Um, but yeah, UW. Children, the way I see it, and I don't have any, so I'm not telling you how to raise a kid, but I can say from looking at a human being, it's like a star. It's like a ball of energy that shines in every direction. And as a parent, you look at that shining star and you see what direction it's going and you see what colors it has. And then you see what it really feeds off and it likes. And you take it and you harness that light and you focus the beams in a direction. So you go, oh my God, my kid really likes, even if it's the drums or the cello or it's books and writing or it's math and engineering or it's acting or it's tools 
or it's a, a handful of things. You go, oh my God, let's, let's do a lot of this. And you invest your time into taking that beautiful sun just filled with energy and you focus the beams of light almost as if you're focusing, you take your hands around a basketball and you're harnessing the sun and you focus those beams of light so when you let it go, it knows exactly where it wants to shine and exactly how to shine. So in the end, we kind of compromised, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the, um, the patriarch, he came to me, Naya, and he gave me some, a pair of pants and he gave me a pair of boots, which were really nice, but not good for walking. And, um, and he gave me a donkey. Oh. Which is a, maybe the strangest gift I've received. <laughs> um, and his... Um, his thinking is that the donkey is a pack animal. I'd, I'd come into their village, you know, with my, with my backpack. And so now the donkey could carry my, my stuff and I could just walk without being burdened. And that was a scary gift because I didn't know how to take care of a donkey. I didn't know, um, what a donkey needed and I didn't know how to work with a donkey, but I spent a few months, um, getting to know and, and, you know, kind of getting used to Judas was what I named my donkey. <laughs> yeah, good old Judas. Yeah, and he, I just, I threw my stuff on his back, and we started walking south. We just went from village to village. We met through Ray White, and I worked at Blitz Computer. Um, this is definitely Homeless Wonders days. Like I lived, I worked at Blitz Computer in 1996 and 1997. Ray White worked there with me and Ryan Fagan and Jeff Knight, Bob Lefevre. And um, we went out. We partied. We, um, Ray would try to get me to drink Mad Dog. And I'd be like, why oh, yeah. do you drink Mad Dog? Like, I actually didn't know what it was. And he had talked it up so much. Like, Mad Dog, dude, they got the strawberry kiwi flavor. Like, something. He's like, it's the best fucking thing you'll ever have. And I went out with you guys. Like, fuck yes. And I, took, I saw the bottle and I was like, this is not what I imagined. And I took a drink and I was like, this is alcoholic Kool-Aid. This is like someone put ethanol in Kool-Aid and shook it up and I'm drinking it. And this guy thinks it's the best thing ever. But I did music. Yeah. I did theater. Um, I played softball and I did volleyball and basketball a little bit in junior high. But by the time I got to high school, like music and theater were kind of my all-encompassing activities so it was kind of the same thing like i couldn't really do sports because other stuff was yes. you know a concert would come up or practice or rehearsals and it's just like okay <laughs> yeah you got a nickname that milk gave you yes so i want to hear how you got that nickname, or was there a reasoning behind it or just kind of threw it all together no he would call me b all the time and then one day we were sitting on my uh front porch like after a, a i had had a party or something and we were sitting on a front porch the next day and it was a night after drinking hot skip and oh, yeah. uh, milk and somebody else were talking about like just one of them said like i'm twisted like twizzlers and the other one said i'm and milk goes i'm faded like b-town and he called <laughs> me b-town because i was just so messed up and um then sarah was there and she started calling me b-town and then everybody just started calling me b-town and I still, to this day, like friends I've met here call me B-Town, so. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I did some growing up 
before going in and then boot camp, you know, they, it's not just like you see in movies, but it's a lot like that, you know, not a whole lot of sleep and a lot of getting yelled at and you're folding your underwear wrong and can't make your bed right. And they throw everything around. And then by about week five or six, they kind of leave you alone and you start getting, you know, maybe six hours of sleep a night. And after that, and the, the Navy, especially from what I understand of the other branches, like the Navy, as soon as you're done with boot camp, all of that stuff stops. Like you stop getting yelled at, people stop caring if you march properly or if your uniform's jacked up or not. I, I've, you know, seen a lot of Marine buddies and stuff and they could still march like eight, 10 years into military if you watch parades and you see any kind of navy uh people in a parade they'll all be out of step none of them can march probably half of them are drunk you're with one of the best pieces of my life which is my little sister and uh i'm so thrilled about that dude because she's happy and you treat her well and i know i know how good you guys are for each other so you're both lucky you're 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 absolutely lucky you got each other because it works good you know, yeah, so I'm happy, right. and uh, yeah, you're like a bro. No, Just wish you guys would tie that knot and make it official. But yeah, my mom used to tell me stories as a young, young kid. Like I feel a lot of parents would have brought their kids up on stories of the Yankees or their favorite football <laughs> team or something. My mom would tell me stories of when she was a kid would go down to Denver and see like Wahoo McDaniels versus Black Jack Mulligan oh, wow. and Harley Race and Lou Thayez and, you know, like those old, old school guys. So even before I started watching it, my mom was always like, yeah, this was the fun stuff. It's dumb as hell, Marcus. It's all fake. But get into it. It is so much fun. And, you know, and I think that was the best thing was knowing that it was a show from day one. You know, I think we first met. I mean, we met and then we met, you know, I think we met in that new kids group thing. Right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's the first time you actually, you know, first time I ever laid eyes on you, I guess would be the time of that. I don't feel like we really met met until probably like a summer after, you know, uh, like right around the end of high school. Definitely. You know, is when we started freaking like, you know, getting down, you know, cruising 30. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I, I had so many friends, good people I met and, you know, and, uh, I don't say they came and went, but, you know, I didn't really find my freaking, you know, my, my robots until, you know, towards the end of high school, like the guys that I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with. I think uh, there was actually a ad in the Branding Iron, the University of Wyoming School newspaper, um, which I'm sure, so it, it was called like Camp America, and they represented all the, or a lot of the camps around all of America. Um, trying to find college kids to work at their camp, kid, kids that wanted summer jobs, summer adventures, something to do different for the summer. And uh, saw that and saw it was sports related. And uh, I remember applying and end up to kind of telling you guys, I was like, you know, especially in my situation where I was the one person of our crew that had been in Laramie since birth, I just, I think needed 
something different. Need to try to get out of town and try something for a summer. So I remember applying, and then after I met a great man uh, that offered a, me a job, Chuck Fisher. Um, he said he needed more, and uh, I think that's when I spoke to you guys, you and uh, Rick, about hey, you know, this could be fun. What do you guys think? You know, and uh, that was another major, major, major. Uh, life-changing, you know, uh, decision for us to start doing that. That really expanded our, you know, got us, I don't know, just a lot of new friends, a lot of fun times, a lot of fun times. I was, I was pretty much the guy that I came in uh, at night and played the, the Cowboy Stampede show, and I would turn it on. I, what I would do is every top of the hour, because you had to be like dead on, it was stupid back in the day where you had to do like a radio ID mm. and then you had to play the news because it was 1450 AM. You had to play the ABC news at the top of the hour. So you had to hit that dead on every hour. And then I think I was on for like 30 seconds of the weather spot. You know, Hey, it's eight Oh six. You're checking out 1450 AM KBBS here in Buffalo, Wyoming. Tonight's weather forecast. Now back to, Jimmy Joe Bob and race car status, you know, whatever the hell we were playing that night. And I would actually, what even got me more into radio though, is because I would dial up the satellite because it was back in the day where, we, where you had the huge satellite dish up on the roof or wherever the hell it was. And you had this big board back there and all, and, and you had like, half inch cables and you'd patch in just different weird shit and you dial up all these weird knobs. Right. I don't know how the hell we even did it, but you'd get K rock and you'd get, you know, all these stations. I think anyone that gets their kind of first taste of freedom, it can go one of two ways, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I was at least smart enough to know my limitations and seeing that it was on my own dime, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to blow it because I'm paying for it. So I need to also get an education while I'm having a good time. But yeah, I um, really embraced it. it. It's something I always knew I wanted to do was go to college since I was 10 years old. And I, like, I really don't know how I came to that conclusion at such a young age but that that's I just always knew that I was gonna get a college education and I had to kind of figure it out on my own but um being the only girl you know you are the only boy but for a girl it was it was it was different my my dad never treated me differently than any of the boys I had to still do all the same stuff they were expected to do chores you know, chores, yeah. mow the grass, you know, rake the lawn, you know, I was still expected to do all those things. But my mom, on the other hand, I <clears throat> was kind of like her little helper for everything. I was ex also expected to cook and clean and help her with laundry, <clears throat> help her with the shopping, help her take care of my brothers. And she was very, you know, raised in a small town, very naive. And I, she was very she calls it protective. I say she was very controlling. Hey, you, you know, you know who uh, uh, hit, hit me the hardest in high school football? Who's that? 
uh, Brett Kiesel. Oh my gosh, the beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's played for Grable. Like he he graduated from Grable, Wyoming. We were playing Grable, I think, when I was a junior or sophomore. I don't know. They killed us. It was terrible. Uh, but we spent like the whole whole week of practice, and our coach is like, "All right, they got these two guys who are giants and monsters." He's like. Six six and faster than anybody on our team. They're like, and so uh, kick return. They're like, all right. Like instead of just, you know going back, I was uh, sort of building the wall. They like told me uh, and another guy. They're like, all right, your job is to slow this guy down so he doesn't kill anybody down at the bottom of the field. So we're like, okay, okay. Uh, first play of the game, we were receiving. They kicked off, uh, and so I'm like supposed to get in front of this guy. And I said, I see his number, um, and I got like. You see it on game film. I got popped. And like I just go sailing through the air, like feet off the ground, end up looking out my uh, ear hole. Like it was – and then they went out, like, put, hang, like 52 points on it. It was like 52 to 7 or something like that. And every time they'd score, I'd have to go back on kickoff – or on kick return, uh, <laughs> which is pretty miserable. The biggest difference is Cody is definitely a touristy town. Um, and I knew everybody in, in uh, Cody – since I lived there my whole life. Yeah. Um, so packing up as a sophomore or, you know, going to be a junior um, and moving to Buffalo was a totally different thing. You know, I'm going to a place where I know no one, um, you know, and Buffalo was pretty clickish, I think. Um, but I fit right in. So it was kind of, it was easy for me and it was easy for my sister too, I think. Whereas a lot of new kids didn't really fit into Buffalo and and didn't really make those inroads, so it was kind of difficult for some of them. But I came in and fit right in, and it was it was good. Yeah, I mean, once I got to Fresno State, um, you know, my teammates were my friends, so I hung out with them, and yeah, we drank, <laughs> we drank MGDs. I remember we 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 even you know. We would go out New Year's Eve and we'd have practice the next day. I remember one New Year's Eve we went out and uh, we went to the Black Angus. We liked to go dance at the Black Angus. I actually lived in an apartment and there's this little there's this little wall and we would jump over the wall, jump up over the wall and go to the Black Angus, have fun, drive back and go into our apartment. We didn't have to drive or anything, mm -hmm. but yeah, I had fun. I uh, definitely had some good times in California and visited as much as I could while I was there and saw everything that I could while I was there. Well, that's what, what it's really all about is the right friend group. Yeah. Right. You know, if you find the bad kids, well, you're just automatically going to be a bad kid. I mean, how many, you know, times have you seen the, the group of mostly bad kids? And then there's the one kid that's always trying to tell them, Oh no, don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. That kid doesn't last long in the group. Right. So yeah. <laughs> he doesn't exist really. <laughs> I have to say, middle school for me was like my rebellious period. I had a few years where I just said, fuck my parents and fuck school. Well, not even fuck school. I honestly had good grades. And I still danced the whole thing. But my attitude was bad. It was bad. <laughs> uh, I remember one distinct time when my mother picked me up from dance practice. And it was driving me down the street because I was just, you know, going through puberty and terrible. I started fighting with her and she kicked me out of her car. She pulled over to the side of the road and she said, get out. 
He said, okay. Uh, from Gresham to Eugene was actually, for me, it was a, it was a chance to um, start over. Not that I had a bad experience in Gresham, but I actually held myself back a grade. I think I did eighth grade twice. So I did eighth grade, or maybe it was seventh grade. No, it was eighth grade in both Gresham, and then I did it again. So I did Gordon Russell, and then, what was it, Cal Young in Eugene. So um, because I was really young, for my grade when we were going to school in, in Gresham. And I didn't really like that because also because I was small. And so I, I just kind of, not that I got picked on all that much, but I just felt like, you know, I felt like I belonged with a grade, you know, closer to my age really. And anyway, so I decided when we moved to Eugene um, to, to stay back a year. So I really liked Eugene and, you know, high school, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, Gresham to Eugene, Oregon is not really a shocking transition like going to Laramie, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah so that wasn't much, you know. And then when I first went to Montana, though, in 1995, and that really was a, a, a formative event for me. And, um, you know, I decided pretty quickly that I wanted to spend a lot of time there. So I actually had it planned. I was going to go to um concordia college in seward nebraska i was going to major in education and my senior year spring break i went to the university of wyoming to visit my sister and we were sitting in the in the hot tub at the old holiday inn in Laramie. Nice. and i told my parents i was like i think i'm going to come to school here and that was the end of it Fortunately for me, you know, and, and having a father who um, had the football and academic experience and kind of training me that way and kind of pushing me that way, um, I kind of came in with that base. But, but also, um, you know, just making sure that. You, you weren't limited in any way. I, I wanted to excel both on the football field and academically. And, and you don't, I say you don't, I didn't want anyone to, to pigeonhole me. <clears throat> we get these stereotypes uh, of, of what football players are like, what basketball players are like, so on and so forth. And, and I didn't ever want anybody to be able to look at me even though they didn't do uh, and have sense and, and be able to say, well, I can tell he was a football player. I, I got the I, I got the opposite, which sometimes was offensive. Like, well, you know, I didn't know football players could be so articulate and, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to excel both on and off the my dad, when he was younger, ended up moving to the Sacramento area because his stepdad was in the military, and so they ended up in the Sacramento area because of um, his dad being in service. And my mom, her dad, had also been in the service, but they had since left. Uh, they, they went all over. They were in Southern California for uh, a chunk of her childhood, and then they were. she was in Japan for a chunk of her childhood. They were really all over um, and she ended up back in Sacramento, 
and that's how she met my dad at a drive-in movie theater of all places. He, he saw her and put his hands over her eyes like you do when you sneak up on your friends. <laughs> he was playing the guess who this is game, and she went through a number, I guess a large number of boys, and before he finally <laughs> put his hands down, he said, okay, no, you don't know me. <laughs> Uh, and maybe I shouldn't know you because you literally just rattled off 50 guys, but <laughs> I'm going to take a shot. My my weird talent is that I can tell you any World Series matchup since 1967. I don't know why that is stuck on in my brain, but uh, yeah, give me give me any year since 67. Uh, we'll go 74. Yeah, we were, I was born. 74 was the uh, third straight of the A's won three in a row, and 74 would have been the A's over the Dodgers. Both my parents were very kind of okay with a lot of stuff that were kind of taboo in high school, right? Like, so I'll tell you, like, my, my high school graduation weekend, my dad's like, you know, hey, I, I got the band ready for you. And I was like, what? He's like, it's all ready for you. And I was like, all right. He's like, let me show you. So he took out the family band, took the two back seats out, he put in an air mattress, he put uh, a big, like, I'm talking like one of those, like, jumbo-wide coolers in the back, filled it up with beer and ice, put a couple bottles of hard alcohol in there for me, and then there was uh, some uh, safety equipment oh, yes. underneath, underneath the, uh, the blow-up mattress, and he's like, have a good time, be safe. One of my earliest memories, I remember just drawing something and my brother thought it was super cool so i was always trying to impress him so he had those uh little nfl football helmets so i drew all of those cool and um i just i never like my daughter's a really good artist and she, everything's out of her head i like to just look at something and copy it um cartoons i album covers as i got older like that's what i really like to draw I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So uh, my senior year, I, I was roofing houses after, you know, while I was going to school. And, and it was kind of one of those things with me. It was like, um, I don't know what else I'm going to do, man. Let's just go to UW. And so I, I wouldn't say that I was really passionate about wanting to go to the university. But, you know, unless I wanted to keep roofing houses, you know, after my senior, you know, after I get done with high school, um, that was really the only option I had. So, so that was a plan that I had and came over to Laramie. And it's funny, man, because, you know, like when, when you graduate high school and, and you have a plan and you figure out what you're going to do, uh, or your parents have a plan for you. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, man. As soon as I graduated, my parents, they said, fuck it, man, we're moving to Arizona. And huh. they, they left, man. My mom said, I'm tired of the cold. And so when I graduated high school, they moved to Phoenix and they've been there ever since. I just started reading a lot and I was into uh, philosophy and I don't know. I was a little, a little bit of a, like a Jim Morrison hippie kind of a character. Uh, and I want, I wanted to go to film school. Uh, and so that's what I got. I got into. Uh, and that's what drove my first college decisions. I wasn't really a good enough student to just start on day one at the film program at UCLA or something. But that was my goal was to go to California and build up 
you know, migrate, you do well at, at junior colleges and get good enough grades to get in there. Um, and uh, in order to afford that, I took advantage of a, um, uh, a tuition program where uh, at College of the Redwoods, uh, you know where that is, like Northern California, Eureka, yes. uh, Arcata. So they, they had a basically... They just didn't have enough students, so they were trying to create incentives for people to go there, oh. and they offered out-of-state students um, in-state tuition, which is like a tenth of the tuition you pay coming from out-of-state. So it was really the only way that I could afford to go to college in California uh, was to go there. There's nothing like getting a phone call the first week in November saying, hey, do you want to go to the NHRA finals? We'll fly you out tomorrow in Vegas or the PR finals. Yeah. So I used to go do all that stuff as well. It was a lot of fun, you know, being 19, being flown to Vegas to do promotions. Yes. Well, when we, when we got to uh, college and started playing in bars, we're like, we thought to ourselves, you know, there's already the, the negative um, assumption that, you know, we're trying to be cheeky or snarky or, you know, trying to be perverted by calling ourselves the playboys because of the, you know, the magazine, the adult men's yeah. magazine, what we, so we're like, you know, first of all, that wasn't the reason that we called ourselves the playboys. The reason was because we wanted to, you know, immortalize his, his grandpa's band. So we, we got to college and started playing bands in bars. We thought they're, they're not going to take us seriously. So we need to come up with something better. So we racked our brains for a while trying to, you know, like looking through the dictionary, trying to find a good word that has a good, you know, or good phrase or something. And then uh, Chancey was talking with his older brother, uh, Charlie, and, and Charlie's like, why don't you guys just call yourselves the, uh, the Younger Brothers Band? You're, you're all, and we're like, oh, cool. That's, that's got a good ring to it. And uh, he's like, you, but I, I will let you know that like, there have been so many times we've been asked like, Oh, is one of you related to like, you know, Cole younger, like the younger gang from, you know, like Jesse James and the younger, yeah, the, the yeah. youngers. And we're always like, no, we all have older siblings at the, when we, when we joined the bit, when we, when we came up with the band name at the time, everybody in the band had an older sibling. So we were all younger brothers. So that's how, that's how the, the, that name came up, came about. Bowman's was opening up and I decided I had made up my mind that I was going to apply for a bartender position there. Uh, they interviewed me and they saw where I had worked and everything. And they said, well, we really need somebody in the kitchen. And so I had, uh, you know, obviously that work experience. And I, uh, I went in there as a line cook and, oh man, they, they promoted me quick after that because I was, I, 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 I it was good at it. I, I am still good. It's, it's my, that's why it's my career. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was the thing where it was like, you know, I think I walked in on Jubilee days on my night off one night and I was shit faced with Dewey and just coming in to say hi to everybody and they were getting slammed and I kind of just took over the line and just kind of rocked it out and Deb, who was the chef there was just looking and she's like, all right, well, how would you like to be a sous chef? Then I moved to Portland, Oregon right after that. So, so you're familiar with Gresham. I hope yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I lived in South Portland. Um, yeah, spent a year in Portland. So yeah, going to school. Um, I went to culinary school and graduated from culinary school. So that was really cool. Yeah, I had a good time. I skateboarded and 
did the culinary school thing, which was go to school party and skateboard. So yeah, so it was, was kind of a wild year. So fortunately I got into sports and I started playing volleyball. And so I made friends that way. And I would, I played basketball too, but I wasn't very good at it. Like they put me on the B team cause I was athletic, but then like after the first game, they were like, okay, Amanda, we're going to put you down here on the C team. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I still have my Camaro. I was driving around. And at this point, like it was like, it was expensive to maintain that, that car was. And so I was talking to him. He goes, well, what are you going to do today? So, well, you know, I think I'm going to go trade the Camaro in. I kind of want um, like a four wheel drive or an Explorer. Cause if I'm going to like move North, I need something that's not rear wheel drive. And uh, he's like, well, what does it need? And so I think it just needs brakes and like some sparks, spark plug chained or whatever. And he's like, well, hey, I'll tell you what. He goes, I have this friend. Um, he's a mechanic and he has a 95 Firebird. So I know he does stuff on the side. Let me call him and see if he'd be willing to do like your brakes or take a look at it for you. That way it'll save you some money or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, cool. So um, <laughs> I kid you not. He called his friend. His name's Dale. And uh, Dale, Danny got called out. He had to go to like Victorville, California or whatever <laughs> for the railroad. So he's like, okay, he's going to come by tomorrow when he gets off work. Just make sure you're here. Don't piss him off. He's like an amazing mechanic. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the faith, Dan, you know? And so uh, he uh, came over and I kid you not, um, I saw him and I was like, oh, shit, that is the guy I'm going to marry. Uh, I met my wife in 2004 at Elmer Lovejoy's of all places. There you go. Take you back to, you know, your old haunt. Um, yep. yeah. Um, met her kind of was get. I was getting back into school at that point and she's, she's like a straight A student, you know? So like on the weekends or even at night, I'd crack a beer and she'd crack a book. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you're going to be reading, looks like, uh, I should probably read too. And after that, my GPA like went through the roof. You know, I think when I went back to school, I had a 0.9 GPA, no lie. And yeah. even after a semester of straight A's, I was still put on, uh, I was still suspended. So I had to petition again, but then I wound up graduating with a three, two. So I, uh, yank, yanked those grades up. And when, when I actually wanted to go to school, it was, uh, easy sophomore junior or junior senior and then after it was just a small group of like drew and and matt and and you and, and like you said rickett and you know nagy and those guys and yeah. and i so i think it was just through uwtv and then having having your stepdad as one of my teachers and then i interned we interned together i'm sure that's where it started um and then yeah through the years of that i think i learned a lot on how to shoot the run game on football just with your lineman experience, <laughs> yeah. you'd always be like, Hey, watch what the linemen do. You're going to know if it's a pass or a run. And, um, the first, I remember the first shoot that Diana who was running the, the whole show would, would yeah. have you do is, uh, swimming and oh. you just pan back and forth at, at the pool. And then you got to do some volleyball and then you'd work up to football and, and basketball and, and dude, that was just some of the best times just shooting some of those games and having fun down in the studio and listening to Steve Costin talk about his his dreams of being a director and on the big level. And I worked too. Um, I worked. I couldn't start working. No one really hired until you were um, sixteen. Okay. 
that I worked as well. So I went to school, um, competed in ice skating, karate, taught karate, and had a job at Burger King for a bit. That was awesome. I love that job. And uh, uh, like an after school program after that. So in the end, we kind of compromised, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the, um, the patriarch, he came to me, Nayo, and he gave me some, a pair of pants and he gave me a pair of boots, which were really nice, but not good for walking. And, um, and he gave me a donkey. Which is maybe the strangest gift I've received. <laughs> um, and his um, his thinking is that the donkey is a pack animal. I'd I'd come into their village, you know, with my with my backpack, and so now the donkey could carry my my stuff, and I could just walk without being burdened. And that was a scary gift because I didn't know how to take care of a donkey. I didn't know um, what a donkey needed, and didn't know how to work with a donkey, but I spent a few months um, getting to know and and you know kind of getting used to Judas was what I named my donkey. <laughs> yeah, good old Judas. Yeah, yeah, and he, I just I threw my stuff on his back and we started walking south. We just went from village to village. Well, I was, even when I was in college, even in high school, I interned at Channel 5 okay. TV in Cheyenne. Um, and so when I, before I even graduated college, I was um, kind of working on weekends part-time there um, in production um, behind the scenes. So once I graduated, I got offered a full-time job um, directing and um, doing stuff there behind the scenes. And then I'm still there. <laughs> but, you know, in my defense, I... I'm not one of those that's, and I think also at the time when I graduated, when I was in college, you didn't, you didn't hop around every two years. You didn't try to, as a small, you just knew I'm going to be a small markets broadcaster. I never wanted to, um, you know, go to need, well, maybe there was a part of me that I think that's in everybody's mind, right? You want to, you want to go somewhere big. And I knew that, but re realistically too, I wanted to have kids and raise a family and I wanted my parents to be around my kids. And so this is where I, you know, had to be. And so um, I think that's when I, after I graduated and I got offered the job, um, I did every, in small markets, you know, this, you, you can, you get to do everything, yeah. you know, you're not just hired when you're hired to maybe direct, you don't just direct, you know, you, you do everything else. So from the years I've been at channel five, I've done everything. And I, it's, that's why it's never gets boring because I, I'm, you know, constantly doing not just one job, but, you know, 200 different jobs. So yeah, after I graduated, I think I knew that, like, I got offered this job. Let's see. And I did, I got offered jobs in um, other markets as well. And I, cause I applied just to see what do I want to do? Do I want to move? Do I want to do this? And, you know, eventually it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a job. I, and I know that's maybe a different mindset that most people have, but it's a job. My life is my life. I wanted to have a house and kids and, you know, things yeah. like that. But I knew like sales was probably a great way to go. So um, I ended up 
one of my friends who was in TV with me, she ended up getting um, a, a job with um, RH Donnelly, which was they sold yellow pages, direct mail, online advertising. And she goes, Gwen, you wrote out of bed, roll out of bed, and you're going to make 130000 a year. And I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty good. So, yes. <laughs> so I went, let me tell you, this is like, oh God, I remember that with that money or that, that movie is, but it, uh, with Vince Vaughn, I don't know, whatever, regardless, I went there and they said, if you want a job here, we have a 26 page script that you have to memorize verbatim and recite it if you want the job. So I did. But I have looked at moving someplace warmer. I do that a lot. Um, I've watched those bargain beach shows a lot to try and see if and when the time is right. Cause real estate is hot here in Cheyenne right now. They've got that new missile program coming in. And once they build up this sweetgrass property, which they've already sold um, their first phase out, which they didn't think they would do for two years, we're still going to be 5,000 houses short. Yeah. So my little house that I bought with a nice little penny 23 years ago is almost quadrupled. I loved volleyball and I played until I ripped my knees up a little bit in high school and um, I, I couldn't play anymore. So I ended up being a trainer, okay. which I, you know, was, gosh, I think after my sophomore year, I, I ripped the ligaments and tendons in my kneecaps doing sports, ball, okay. volleyball, basketball track. I loved it all. Yeah. Loved it. Went to wrestling school. I trained for a few months. Uh, a couple months later, I had my first match. So I did that for about a year 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 and a half before i then went to uh before i then went to college at wyoming but i met uh desmond tutu and got to sit down and chat with him for a while one night and then uh we had the 10-year anniversary of peace jam in denver this was i don't even know maybe 2007 and it was the largest gathering of nobel laureates on the u.s soil and the Dalai Lama was there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, they were all kind of mingling around and stuff. And on the topic of the big Lebowski, uh, Jeff Bridges was there with the guy that he modeled Lebowski after because he that guy had made some sort of documentary that he was premiering to all these people. And Jeff Bridges thought that I was somebody else at one point in time and spit at me and flipped me off. Whoa. Not cool. And then he later apologized. <laughs> now, folks, I would still love some music by an artist. Maybe that's you. Maybe you know an artist to do the play-in music or maybe even a theme song. So if you know someone or you are that someone, hit me up on the Facebook page, All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude, or if you have my cell phone, if you have private messenger, you can give me your music that way. And I will promote the hell out of you or the artist you give me and say they did my theme song, they did the play-in music. Just send me some of that music for this show that I can use to get the show going, to give it some flavor, some background. Now, I want to do these interviews face-to-face sooner than later. So, folks, get that vaccine if you can. But until then, mask up, social distance, wash your hands, be the solution to ending this pandemic. On to Season 2.